Hey, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader, where I sit down on my lunch break and we talk Bible stuff, hopefully to become better men, husbands, fathers, the whole gambit. We are in Proverbs 21 today, going through the man cards one at a time, coming close to the end here. The um, book of Proverbs likes to jump around a lot, so we're going to jump around a little bit. Uh, we got two verses in chapter 21, and the one verse we jump back to 19 for to get verses that all have the same theme. You got to jump around a little bit in Proverbs. Uh, it's just the nature of the book. It's a collection of wisdom and sayings, and so they don't chunk it by concept. They just machine gun it like you're you're talking to an old man who's kind of telling you stuff as he remembers it. Uh, so it makes for some neat flow. And some cool verses are right next to each other that are confusing if you try and take them as a coherent uh, argument. Uh, so, to, to correct myself, the first like eight or nine chapters of the book are pretty coherent. Um, there's an even, consistent thought flow, at least a chapter at a time there. But it's, it's once you get past chapter nine or so, it's just a collection of sayings. So, to be more specific. All right. Here we are, uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13. Uh, never mind the rain, by the way. Do, 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 do. There we go, uh, 21, 13. He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be answered. And jump down to 26. Uh, I'm going to grab 25 for like a full sentence. Or, uh, concept. The desire of the sluggard puts him to death, for his hands refuse to work. All day long he is craving, while the righteous gives and does not hold back. And then we're going to jump back to 1917. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. Alright, so what does this make you think? Um, give to the poor, right? Pretty straightforward. Um, I will point out also one who uh, is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. Uh, lending isn't in the sense that it is nowadays where you would put out a loan and collect compound interest for the payment of that loan over time. That's not... The, there weren't banks back in this day. There were, there were money handlers and money changers and stuff, but to a large degree there wasn't a systemized bank that you would go to to get a loan from. So if you were in hard straits, you couldn't run down to your local payday advance and get ripped off for some immediate gratification. Now, what would happen is you would go to a friend or a family member who had money and say, please, I need help for X, Y, Z and they'd get you, and then you'd get them back. And so, in the Bible, when it says, you know, don't charge usury to your countrymen, or don't um, don't charge interest, that's the context where they're saying, don't charge interest. For someone who's in need, for a friend, for a family member, for the, you know, the town charity case, when you're lending them money, don't, don't expect them to pay you back a bunch of interest and now they become like an indentured servant because you keep charging this exorbitant interest they'll never be able to pay off. You lend them 20 bucks, let them pay you 20 bucks back, call it even. 
So that's that's the the context when it's saying lending. Um, that's why you're lending to poor people, and it's being seen as benevolence because that's that was the social safety net of that day. Was people weren't jerks to each other, and they were generally nice. Was the picture God painted for nation of Israel to do? They didn't always live up to it. But that was that's the picture that's laid out in the Old Testament for uh, for Jews, and then later now for for Christians as a. Um, you see in the church in Acts, um, the you know they gave it to everyone as they had need. The, that communal, the living that the early church had, where they would um, generously take care of each other's needs instead of having to the the poor among them go to social programs or get on welfare or food stamps. They didn't have any of that. It was just the generosity of your religious community. So. Uh, just because it seems like a weird word to say that you're lending to God, in that you're you're taking care of somebody who's poor, and so anyway, you could say see give, and it's the same cultural context, or uh, in you know in the way it's being done there. All right, so he who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. And he will repay him for his good deed. He is capitalized, so God will repay the man that lends. Obviously, he and him can go a few sometimes. Grammar. Uh, there we go. So we've got the righteous man gives and does not hold back. So who is this aimed at? Uh, obviously, it's aimed at people that have stuff, not at poor people that don't have stuff. Although that line gets a little blurry just living in America. You can be poor compared to the people you're around, but quite rich compared to people who are uh, farther away and have far less. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, people below the poverty line in America are still in the top, like, 5% richest in the world. Um, It might not be quite that dramatic. It's it's significant. Uh, The people who are the poorest in the U.S. are still way richer than anybody born in... um, any possible third world country you could mention. I'm, I'm certain there are most of the homeless people in America are have more wealth and a, a greater purchasing power than people in, in uh, third world uh, countries all over. I've, I worked homeless ministry for a while. When somebody says they're making a booze run, you'll see those guys pull out wads of cash out of their pockets and go, oh yeah, give me a uh, whatever. Yeah, it's always a cheap vodka. But that's, I've seen some homeless people. They are much more loaded than you would think. And they're not homeless because they're unfortunate. They're homeless because they choose to be. Uh, but that's a, that's an aside. But point being, though, even homeless people in America are richer than, you know, some fairly well-to-do or people just above the poverty line in other countries, uh, just based on how much money they have and how much money goes through their hands on a regular basis. Uh, do, 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 do. So, but this is aimed at people who have and are giving to people in need. So it's it's clearly a, a comparative. It doesn't mean that you're if you're poor, you don't have to do anything. All right, there's always somebody poorer than you. Um, even if you know it's somebody who makes as much money as you, there are times when you'll be doing good and they'll hit a hard patch and uh, need a hand. And uh, not not always in money. Uh, it's easy to reduce everything to money because you can just write a check and you roll out. You don't have to have any commitment. An investment of time very often or of of effort 
is is much more valuable than any money you could throw at somebody. If you, um, for instance, the best returns we got, just speaking of the homeless ministry, the best returns we got were just sitting and talking with them. Uh, you know, a lot of people walk by and throw them a $20 bill and keep going. By and large, these guys don't need money. But you know what no one does? Sits down next to them on the bench and just asks about how's life? How you been? How'd you get here? What'd you do? What was this year like? When's your birthday? Anything. And that was a solid 90, 80 to 90% of what we did in the homeless ministry. was just talk and build relationships and get to know their names, get to know who they are, and then, yeah, we'd, we'd buy them a sandwich or something from Jimmy John's or, um, you know, make a run to Walmart for a sleeping bag or a tarp or something. If, uh, you know, as the weather starts to get cold, they always have, like, socks or boots that don't have holes in them and stuff because they waste all their money on alcohol. Um, and so you just give, give what you have because even if you don't have money, you, you have time. And you don't have to give them $20. Go drop $10 on a combo meal at Walmart or something, or McDonald's, rather, and then circle back. Hand them a, you know, hand them a Big Mac or uh, Arby's or, I don't know, wherever you're at. Giving them food helps you not enable drug problems, but also you're giving to them. Nobody's going to turn down a free hamburger. I don't know. Crazy vegan might, but... By and large, nobody's going to turn out a free hamburger. So you can help people in many more ways than just giving them money. This isn't about that. Uh, it's about just making an investment, genuinely doing what's required to help help someone who's in need. The righteous man gives and does not hold back. Whereas lazy people, all they do is whine, but they don't want to work. So don't be lazy. Give to poor people. Uh, jumping back to, th was the one in 13? There we go. He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be answered. And then, glancing back at 917, uh, one who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. I want to take a minute. I wince every time somebody says the word karma, because karma is a Buddhist concept and is not a biblical concept. So if you're a Christian, stop talking about karma, because that's not how things work. What does work is you reap what you sow, and God will repay based on your actions. Not all of them right now, some of them in this life. In the next life, God will level the debt. He levels the playing field. That's the promise to the innocent, and that's where the Psalms, you have all of these Psalms where they're crying out, you know, God, how long will you allow us to suffer injustice and allow the wicked to prosper? A lot of bad people have a lot of money in this world. A lot of worldly success and status and power and... You just got to deal with it. They didn't get theirs. They didn't get what's coming to them yet. That's the promise of God. That's the promise we have as Christians. Is that in Christ, in the final judgment of the world, when God comes back, he is going to repay all of the debts 
that are, have been have been made. So if you've done well, you're going to be rewarded. If you haven't done well, it's going to suck. And so this is the idea when Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and thieves don't break in and steal. Don't store up your treasures on earth, where people can break your stuff and take it from you, and or take it from you. So, once again, this isn't in a context of salvation, this is in a context of just general life principles. God's going to have a reckoning. Now, a part of that reckoning, if you have ever sinned, you deserve to die. Death is the punishment for sin, no matter how small. The way out of that is through Christ. So, you're all going to die. Uh, the question is whether or not you're going to die and then have God expunge your death from the record in Christ. Um, along with that, there is going. it's clearly taught in the Old, New Testament, uh, as well as the Old Testament, there is a reward for having lived a righteous life, having done things without expecting anything in return from people. And that whenever you do something that is good, God is going to reward you for that. If not in this life, then in the next life. Uh, oh, my brain just uh, lost the reference or the context of who's talking. Uh, I think it's Paul. I want to say it's Paul or when Jesus is uh, teaching and he makes the point that if you do something good and you tell everybody about it, yeah, that's Jesus teaching, fairly certain. You do something good and you tell everybody and everybody goes, oh, 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 good show, good show, old chap. Then that's it. That's your reward. And he says, but if you do something and you don't tell anybody about it, and you just go on with your life, God's going to reward you. So you're going to get rewarded for that good thing you did, whether you're rewarded because a bunch of people stand up and clap and go, oh, that's awesome. Or you're rewarded by God himself. And he says, yeah, nobody else saw that. I saw it. Here you go, man. That's obviously going to be the better reward. And so the point then is to not, you know, seek accolades for every good thing you've ever done, but rather to allow God to reward you for the good things that you do by just playing it low-key. So let's define generosity in one sentence. And obviously it's not giving, I think giving to those in need uh, is a good way to summarize being generous. You don't specify what you're giving and uh, someone who's in need could be even just simply in need of time or an ear or a kind word. So how can we achieve this specifically, like in, in daily life uh, from the day to day, how can we do this? And uh, keep your eyes open, for one thing. You can't give to people who are in need if you don't notice anybody who's needy. So you have to keep your eyes open. You have to be aware of people around you and where they're at. Uh, maybe they need money. Most of the time, they're just going to need a kind word and, uh, and a ready ear to listen. So that's all I got for you today. Uh, check me out. I'm on all the Facebook, YouTube... SoundCloud things, or Audio Mac, or wherever else. Yep, that's, I suck at plugs and conclusions. That's all I got for you today. I'll see you next time. Godspeed.